Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Well, this week we hit the half-year mark. Half-year mark since Russia first invaded Ukraine. Today, Secretary Antony Blinken announced that he would talk with Russian Foreign Minister Lavrov in the next few days for the first time since the war began. And there's a lot of things on the agenda for that conversation. Uh, obviously, what continues to take place in Ukraine, the atrocities there, the suffering of the Ukrainian people, and things that just uh, are at such a slow pace uh, that we're not seeing a lot of uh, of hope and direction there. Uh, but Secretary Blinken also uh, announced today and referenced that part of his conversation with the foreign minister of Russia was about a deal. Uh, they have been they have begun working on a deal that would bring Americans Paul Whelan and Brittany Griner home from Russia, uh, and that he would be discussing that uh, with the foreign minister. And again, reminder that uh, Brittany Griner, of course, was arrested at the airport uh, with uh, some vaping uh, things with some uh, oil uh, in it, cannabis oil. Uh, and you had Paul Whelan, who has been held uh, for a number of years now uh, on uh, what Russia was calling espionage charges. And uh, so Secretary of State Blinken again today announced that they've begun working on this process on a deal that could ultimately bring both Whelan and Griner home. I plan to raise an issue that's a top priority for us. The release of Americans Paul Whelan and Brittany Griner who've been wrongfully detained and must be allowed to come home. We put a substantial proposal on the table weeks ago to facilitate their release. Our governments have communicated repeatedly and directly on that proposal. And I'll use the conversation to follow up personally and, I hope, move us toward a resolution. Uh, So that is the uh, beginning. It was interesting that he said that uh, they had been working on this for a number of weeks now, that they had put this deal on the table. And basically the deal is uh, those two, Brittany Griner and Paul Whelan, uh, for uh, Victor Bout. Um, Mr. Bout is an arms trafficker uh, who had been sentenced to 25 years in prison here in the United States for arms trafficking. And so it would be exchange uh, Bout for Whelan and Griner. Uh, and so that is the the essence of what we know thus far. Of course, uh, those conversations will again take place uh, between um, the uh, Secretary Blinken and uh, his counterpart there in Russia. Also interesting, Secretary Blinken said that they uh, would also discuss in this conversation a deal on grain uh, that Russia had actually agreed to last week. 
I'll also raise the matter of the tentative deal on grain exports that Ukraine, Russia, Turkey, and the United Nations reached last week. We hope this deal will swiftly lead to Ukrainian grain being shipped again through the Black Sea and that Russia will follow through on its pledge to allow those ships to pass. So this agreement represents a positive step forward. That said, there's a difference between a deal on paper and a deal in practice. Hundreds of millions of people around the world are waiting for these ships to set forth from Ukraine's ports and for millions of tons of grain and other crops to reach world markets. If the Kremlin signed this deal to look reasonable to the world without any intention of following through, we'll know that soon enough. Very important distinction there in terms of a deal on paper and a deal in practice. And the components there, of course, are for Ukrainian wheat to be shipped again. And again, they are the breadbasket there uh, in Eastern Europe. And so many parts of the world do depend on that grain getting through. And so the deal is, again, had been brokered between Ukraine, Russia, Turkey, and the UN. That was the deal on paper that would allow those vessels to pass through the Black Sea, uh, which is the real crucial part of the program for so many things as it relates to Ukraine being able to provide for themselves and not being completely dependent uh, on the rest of Europe or the United States. Secretary Blinken clarified, uh, and this is important as well, he said he would not be negotiating anything on behalf of Ukraine in the meeting. My call with Foreign Minister Lavrov will not be a negotiation about Ukraine. Any negotiation regarding Ukraine is for its government and people to determine. As we said from the beginning, nothing about Ukraine without Ukraine. Secretary Blinken went on to say that last week, the Kremlin and Vladimir Putin once again moved the goalposts, changed the game, changed the goals in terms of what they are actually doing in Ukraine. Foreign Minister Lavrov said that the Kremlin's goals in Ukraine had expanded. Now they seek to claim more Ukrainian territory beyond the Donbass. This is the latest in a series of evolving justifications and ever-shifting goals. In the beginning, uh, the Russians said that the purpose of the war was to denazify Ukraine, a false charge aimed at delegitimizing Ukraine's democracy. And again, the ever-changing goalposts of Vladimir Putin of defining, then redefining uh, what this war is really all about, what this invasion of Ukraine is really all about. Uh, as Secretary Blinken rightly pointed out, uh, in those early days when Russian tanks and military moved into Ukrainian territory, their purpose was to, quote, denazify Ukraine, which, of course, is ludicrous on its surface and everything underneath it. Uh, and they've continued to change and expand and tweak uh, as it has worked to the advantage of Vladimir Putin. Uh, and the world has to call them on that uh, and continue to call them on that in terms of what this uh, invasion really is all about. Secretary Blinken also said that the fighting continues in the Donbass region, a critical region, uh, and one where Russia has specific interest. In the Donbass region, where Russia concentrated its forces after failing to take Kyiv this spring, the fighting remains intense. The modest progress that Russian troops have made there has come at huge cost in both lives and materiel. Meanwhile, Ukraine is using all its defensive capabilities to hit back hard, bolstered by the more than $8 billion in security assistance from the United States since the beginning of this administration. 
I think it's important to note that, that this has all come at a very heavy cost uh, for the Russian army, uh, that they have been depleted in many ways. They have been ineffective in so many ways. And, of course, uh, the devastation to Ukrainian cities, uh, to individual families, and, of course, to those who are fighting to protect their sovereignty and their freedom and their future uh, continues to be a, a very high cost and a very high toll. Uh, the secretary pointed out, of course, the significant backing uh, bolstered by U.S. assistance uh, and others. But clearly, the United States has done more of the hard work and heavy lifting and heavy funding of making sure that Ukraine has the resources and the weapons it needs in order to fend off uh, the Russian invasion and in some cases to even push them back. Uh, the secretary also commented on his meeting last week with Ukrainian First Lady uh, Olena Zelenska, uh, which was just last week. Uh, last week, as you know, I had the privilege of welcoming Ukraine's First Lady, Olena Zelenska. Uh, she came to the State Department. I told her that the United States will not waver in our support for the Ukrainian people. That was true six months ago. It's true today. It will be true long after this war, this aggression is over. So very important messages coming out from Secretary Blinken today. Uh, again, a, a quick snapshot of what is continuing to take place in Ukraine and the need uh, for allies to continue to stand with Ukraine in this uh, ruthless Russian aggression uh, into their sovereign territory. And we'll continue to watch that. We know uh, that President Zelensky uh, has called for additional assistance and help uh, to see if they can't push Russia back before we get to the end of the year and get to winter. Uh, so many important things riding there. And then again, if you're just joining us and haven't been following along, uh, the secretary also pointed to a possible deal. He will be having conversations with his Russian counterpart in a couple of days, and it will be about an exchange, Brittany Greiner and Paul Whelan, uh, for a convicted arms tra uh, trafficker, uh, Victor Bout, uh, who is currently serving 25 years in a U.S. prison uh, for those things. So that will be an interesting conversation. We'll continue to track all of that here on KSL News Radio. We're going to step aside for bottom of the hour news. When we come back, we're going to talk about the young people. My conversation with Sam Abrams, a professor at Sarah Lawrence College on why no one, Republicans or Democrats, should give up on young voters. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.